Even when you try to maintain a healthy diet, it can be tough to get all of the nutrients you need for long-term health. Care of makes it super easy and even fun to figure out what vitamins and supplements are best for your diet and lifestyle. Go to takecareof.com and take a short quiz to get your personalized vitamin recommendation. Use offer code AMR at checkout for 50% off your first month of vitamins. Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah in Portland. And this is Dimity in Denver. And I'm, uh, can you hear me dribbling in the background? <laughs> <laughs> and you mean a basketball, not not having water spool out of the side of your uh, mouth. I, I thought you were going to say, <laughs> I thought you were going to go, what is it? TMI mother kind of dribbling, like, <laughs> hi, my, um, my, my pelvic floor doesn't work anymore. Yeah, I, yeah. I run and I dribble. Oh yeah. No, 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 no. Athletic leakage is not, not something we joke about. No, we don't no. joke about it. No, we talk about it a lot, but it's, it's not a laughing matter. Yes. No, no. When I think of dribble, I think of more, um, water kind of coming out the side of your mouth because, um, you know, so no, but you mean dribbling a basketball, Dimity. An orange orb, an orange orb, the basketball. So now, so now, Dim, I know you're tall, but, but you actually do not have crazy mad basketball skills, like, which I'm lacking as well, but. That's putting it ambitiously. If I had crazy mad, you know, I don't have crazy, I don't have any basketball skills. I played, so I am, I'm almost six, four. So everybody assumes that I played basketball. Mm -hmm. I did not. Well, I played, that's a lie. I played in seventh grade, sixth grade, sixth grade, I think it was. Mm -hmm. And. And, um, I mean, my memories are like games of like, you know, six to eight and like yelling at this, this my teammate named Sandy Thurk because she always used to, she shot once at the wrong basket and I just remember just yelling my head like, Sandy, Sandy, stop, go to the other side. Um, cause she, she's so happy. And like, you know, I, I honestly can see it in my mind's eye right now. Like, cause she just kept getting the rebound and shooting, getting the rebound and, and no one else was trying to get the rebound because, you know, she was at the wrong basket. Anyway. So that's so that's where it ended for me, um, and and I picked up with my daughter um, Amelia, who is now eleven, and she's probably five, six, five, seven. I mean, she's she's tall for an eleven-year-old, mm-hmm. and uh, and so she's been kind of playing basketball, um, you know, on the rec things. And so sixth grade, she's in middle school now, and so she can play for her school, um, and. It turns out that like 20 other girls wanted to play for her school too, wow. um, which is great. They've got a that very large team wow. and it started yeah. in early December or kind of mid December and practices were a little scattershot because of holidays and stuff. And then, so then they had one open gym kind of towards the end of holiday break, which was, I guess, you know, early January. And, um, and I went and I was talking to the coach and she was just saying about how, you know, she has 20 girls and probably half of them don't know anything about basketball. I mean, they're they're on their first season. They've never Mm -hmm. played before. Mm -hmm. I mean, not bemoaning it or anything, just kind of stating the facts. And of course me being the (laughs) the middle (laughs) child that I am being the person that I am, um, I'm like, Oh, I I can come help. I mean, I don't know (laughs) basketball. Um, but I'm, you know, I'm a set of hands, you know, an athletic set of hands and I'm happy to help. And, um, and so now hold I'm hold officially on. the uh, assistant basketball coach at Highline Academy, <laughs> even though I have no idea what a zone defense is. Wait, Tim. So can I tell you that? So you had told me that you were the, you'd sent an email that you are now the assistant coach of um, Amelia's basketball team. And so this morning while I was brushing my teeth, I'm like, wow, I wonder how Dimity fell into that. And I'm like, oh, because probably the coach was saying she needed help. And so Dimity pitched right in and <laughs> there you go. You know, when you, when there's help is, you know, 
I, I'm, I am someone, I, I will always bring my shovel. That's that, you know, that's probably what they'll say at my uh, funeral. She always brought her shovel. Um, so, and I, you know, I mean, I used to coach girls on the run and I probably will this, um, this spring as well, but girls on the run is for third to fifth graders. So Amelia has kind of graduated from that. Mm-hmm. And I got to say, I really enjoyed that time being with her and her friends and kind of seeing her interact and, you know, just kind of being involved, but not, you know, micromanaging things. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so this was an also, I mean, you know, I wouldn't have offered if I wasn't interested a little bit, mm-hmm. but I mean, it's a little comical. I mean, just like the other day we were at a game and, um, and this one uh, player who just is constantly asking questions. I mean, so I'm like, Oh, you know, I, you're going to be a reporter and I love that, but you know, just don't ask me another question right now. Um, but she's like, you know, coach Davis, coach Davis, um, you know, what, what position is Rita playing? And I'm like, I, I honestly don't even know. So I have to be like, Miss Campbell, the real coach, what, what position is Rita playing? Oh, she's playing guard. Okay. Oh, you know, athlete, this girl's playing guard. Um, I mean, I've learned, I've learned, you know, I definitely, I have kind of learned what zone defense is. It's just, you know, I mean, with um, team sports are so inherently different that endurance sports, which are the exact same motion, right? Again Mm -hmm, and again mm -hmm, and again. mm -hmm. And there's so many moving pieces to team sports. And, um, so yeah. And then, then, and then you throw in like, you know, a game like the six, you know, six, it's mostly sixth graders on the team. A lot of them are brand new to the game and it's just like, it is just, I don't know. The games are like, I don't even know how to describe them. It's a mixture of like, crazy intensity and like tons of jump balls because you know i mean half the time they're like on the floor like wrestling for the ball i mean it's just so you wait wait when you all you all actually do the jump balls because in our league so both my daughters play basketball and i also i i know less than nothing about basketball because i despite being 511 i just am terrible at sprinting back up and down on a court and so when they have they just switch um possessions yeah, just, yeah. yeah but it's yeah. called a jump ball right I mean, okay oh you know, but, but what, jump ball but no it's not a jump ball really, okay you but don't no, really do it ball. goes from home yeah. team to away team to home team to okay away yeah team, okay depend, good. you know okay, but yeah. i mean a lot of times it's just you know you know someone's dribbling or not even dribbling because they i mean they just freeze yeah. and again it's hard because i've never been in that position so i don't know or i don't really remember minus the the you know sandy thurk shooting at the wrong basket i don't really remember much about playing as a sixth grader so mm-hmm. like you know you practice you practice and we got you know a, a play nailed and it all goes well and they all stay where they're supposed to and they move to the positions they're supposed to mm-hmm. all directed by the other coach of course mm-hmm. and and then you get in a game and it's just like frantic and like they freeze and they forget to dribble or like they just lob the ball in the air and that just into like the sea of the enemy or the other team you know and you're just like Oh, what are you doing? You know, I'm like, I don't do that, but it's, you know, inside I'm going, geez, Louise, like, didn't we just talk about this? You know, you know, something as simple as like you're saying backpedaling, like, you know, like keeping your eye on the ball when the other team, you know, when you're going back to the basket, like turn around and run backwards. Like yeah, yeah. you got to remind them, you know, like, it's like, it's like training a dog, you know, you got to remind them like 80 <laughs> times, you know, and then throw a treat in at the end and hopefully they'll get it, you know? So no, I have to ask you, do you all have... Are are your um, near league or the girls allowed to play backcourt defense or no? 
Yes. yes. Oh my and gosh. So oh. I tell you, man, Denver is so much more hardcore about the sports than Portland. When you tell me about the way you know, soccer's run out there, I'm like, oh yeah, we don't do that. And oh, so you mean you're not it, trying out for junior elite teams at age eight. We're like, not. What's, what's wrong we're with we're you? not. We're not. And so that we, I, um, I think that so Phoebe's been playing for a couple of years, and so now she's on a seventh grade team. And I be, and I'm. Um, this is the first year they've been allowed to have backcourt defense, which to listeners who don't understand, so that if you know if the white team's playing the blue team, once the white team gets the ball under on the near the blue team's basket, the blue team has to um, retreat back under the white basket or back past the halfway point, and so that there can be no pressure on the the white team that's gotten the ball until they get to the halfway mark. And so it makes for a cleaner game. It makes for more, yes. you know, so that, so, I mean, we actually, I mean, there's things happen at, at my kids' basketball games, like that there's actual scoring and, you know, I don't know, it seems more um, orchestrated. It's not quite the right word, but it doesn't sound like a melee like you're, you're yeah, all I mean, It's not really a melee. Like that's, that's, but it, you know, it's mostly that they, you just, my sense is that they forget everything mm-hmm. once they get in the game. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, yes. We played some teams that do, you know, the full court press. At, uh-huh. I think that's the right that word. Is, that is know? the right phrase. Yes. On, uh-huh. at, on, and that's, and that's annoying because, and then, and then it's just like, yeah, the Nate, the game never gets any rhythm. It Are gets, they, it just, so, and it's they're just allowed like to do ball, stealing ball, stealing ball. They're allowed ball. to do full court press. They are, yes. Oh yeah. Cause yes. we're only allowed. Uh, so our teams can only have full court press um, in the last two minutes of the game. And oh, and okay. uh, it does then just it's I'm like, whoa, whoa, this just got really frantic really quickly. Yeah, yeah. And then it depends upon the, the teams we play, you know, and oh. we don't do it. Um, oh. And, you know, <laughs> after yeah, after that last game, I'm like, maybe we should think about doing that. Oh, <laughs> yeah. If everyone else is going to play that way. But, you know, I mean, you know, we right now our team, we won one. Excuse me, our team has won one game, so oh, the Hawks uh-huh. have won one game. So, you know, it's not like we're, like, playing with fire. Like, you know, we're close to the, to, to the division championship <laughs> if we just institute this full-court press. So, um, oh, but so the funny part is, so then I'll stop talking about basketball. And then oh, I want to talk a little bit about basketball, too. I have some things to talk about with my own girls. So, go oh, ahead. Well, so we'll t- t- talk. You tell. Oh, okay. So, um, so, Phoebe and Daphne both play, and it is not – um, their best sport, and it is not their favorite sport. Um, but um, but I've always felt like Daphne could be pretty good at it, and my girls are also tall. Um, Phoebe's um, she just turned thirteen, and she's five eight, and um, Daphne is uh, nine and a half today, and she's four nine. But um, but that makes her kind of on the lower nine. ranks for height on her team. And um, but so anyway, so they oftentimes they'll have games at the exact same time, and it's awful. And I will admit this on the air because my kids don't listen. But I choose to take Daphne to her game because I feel it's going to be more exciting, <laughs> and that she's the better player, and that her team seems to be better. And then so um, as we're uh, let's yeah last Saturday. I, so I went to Daphne's game, and Daphne's team won twenty-eight to nine, and I was so excited. And <laughs> so I uh, called Jack, and I was like, all acting like I'd done it myself, and I'm like, "Hey, Daphne's team won twenty-eight to nine. Jack goes, "Phoebe's team did so well, they t- stopped keeping score." And I'm like, "What?" <laughs> Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. So, um, and I I do have to say it's because of the coach. I think they got a new coach this year and he, he's really 
like has them doing a lot of plays and, you know, I don't understand. He says things in the emails like, oh, yeah, we had them try out wah, 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 wah. And I'm like, okay, I don't know. <laughs> and and yeah. it supposedly works really well. And yeah. And uh, betting picks and that kind of thing. Yeah. So that's, that's probably what they say about me too, you know, because <laughs> it's the coach. She's done so well. And now, now you've totally undermined everything. Yeah, no, um, but... but no, yeah, no, that's cool. No, I mean, um, it's definitely, it's fun. And the, well, okay. So two things, um, you know, the 28 to nine thing, like, that's great. I'm glad that her team won, but it, I have to say, I've been working very hard in detaching myself from my kids games because so, um, so like last, so last Friday, so your mm-hmm. games are on Saturdays. Mine are on Friday. My kids are on Fridays. Mm-hmm. So I went to the game with Amelia. Um, you know, I was coaching and I, um, and I, uh, she lost and it was a tough game because they, they definitely, it was a team that if they would have like actually like, you know, had some intensity and played a little bit, they could have definitely been competitive. Mm-hmm. So that was tough. And I, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't yell at them. I, you know, um, in that I'd like, you know, say like, get it together or whatever, you know, but I'm mm-hmm. definitely like yelling during the game, like giving compliments or telling them to move around. Um, and, uh, so I, I left, I was a little like, you know, you're a little tired It's from five to six. Mm-hmm. Ben's game was at seven, um, oh, out really? in like a far suburb. So I go out there at seven and, um, and when I get there, the whole, all the parent seating is taken. Oh. So I'm, it's in an elementary school gym. It's a tiny little thing. Oh, yeah, He's in yeah, third, yeah. third grade. So I don't have anywhere to sit except for at the end where like, it's like a cafetorium. So there's like a, <laughs> a stage there or something, yeah. you know, there's a stage there and, and then I can see the game. And so I see on one side of me, I'm sitting on the stage on one side of me are the coaches and the teams and the other side of me are the parents and honest to God, listening to, and I just kept my mouth shut because I was yelled out. And I mean, I fully, you know, admit that I get too intense, but I was listening to the parents and I was like, Oh my gosh, are these players like playing for, you know, the NBA championships or are they third graders playing in a rec league on a Friday night? You yeah, know, yeah. I wanted to be like, just calm the heck down, you guys, See, you know, I, I sometimes, I sometimes feel that um, the parents of boys teams are far more intense that I, that's just been my experience. When I go to yeah. a few of John's soccer games and since Jack is his coach, I usually am off with one of the girls at their games. Instead, I'm just like, excuse me, I was like, I'm always thinking, wow, why are you all getting really worked up about this and like yelling and being really critical? And, you know, it's just a Daphne's game and everybody seemed really nice and excited. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing wrong with cheering. Like, don't get me wrong. Like cheer your heart out. Oh, I'm a big, I'm a big cheer, but yeah. Teams and for your kid and for the other kids, it does, you know, like that is a make noise. But I mean, like, you know, the other team, it was a close game and the other, one of the parents like came on the court and started coaching (gasps) the kid, like saying like, grab, grab a foul if you need to, you know, like, cause my gosh was the best shooter. He probably made 12 points say, you know, Uh and it was, you know, I, I just, I was just like, wow. Like I just tried to be an objective observer and not the parent of Ben yeah. Davis. And it was, it was tr- troubling. Wow. So, um, well, cause, so anyway, cause I so, have to say that at the 28 to nine game, um, just w- then when the other team, uh, not Daphne's team would score, like everybody would just erupt with yeah, you're all yeah. so excited. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. I love that. And yeah, I, I'm not saying it's you. I'm just saying like, as a culture, like sports parenting has like kind of 
turned a corner, mm-hmm. you know, where it used to just be like, Hey, who's going to bring the, the, the pop after the game to like, yeah. are you, you know, are you, are you running the screen pass? Are you working on that at home? Like, you know, whatever, <laughs> I don't know. So, but the, so let's cap this off and then we'll, and then we'll actually get to running. But so, so my, my best moment so far, so I'm driving. Um, what happens is I, I drive carpool in the afternoon for, for some neighborhood kids. So I go pick up the kids, drop them off, and then I go back to school. And so practices usually start at like 5 or 10. I'm usually a couple minutes late. Mm-hmm. And the coach is usually, um, you know, just has started practice. Um, so I'm driving back, and I get a phone call from an odd number. I'm like, do I pick it up? I better. You know, hi, this is Dimity. Mom, are you coming? <laughs> I'm like, it's Amelia. I'm like, um, yeah, what's going on? She's like, uh, coach isn't here. I'm like, oh, she wasn't here all day. And I, there was no email. Usually she's pretty, um, you know, responsible with sending emails and kind of s- setting up the week for us. And, uh, I was like, okay, all right, I'm coming. She's like, and we can't go in the gym without an adult. And I'm like, okay, I'll be there in, you know, in five minutes, just hold on. And I get there and, um, yeah, I ran practice by myself. You ran 90 minutes. minutes. That was the thing. It wasn't because, because my kids practices of Daphne's practice is 50 minutes long, five, zero minutes long. And so when you said you had to run a 90 minute practice by yourself, I'm like, okay, that's a lot of suicide sprints because I'd be like, yeah, "Yeah, I don't know know any other drills. We did. We did do that. That's so funny. So, you know, they do run suicides at the very beginning to kind of get their blood flowing. And so then I'm like, everyone grab a ball. We're going to dribble and do suicides. I mean, not really doing suicides, but just, you know, dribbling. And then Mm -hmm. um, we're going to skip. And I was like, oh, we could lunge, you know, (laughs) we could turn this into an aerobics class. Um, but uh yeah there was a lot of like okay grab your ball we're gonna dribble around the you know the perimeter of the court and stuff like that which i mean honestly at this point like they are at a level where any skills you know just getting their hands on the ball is uh-huh. fine uh-huh. um so it was it was actually pretty fun i mean it, <laughs> we had one uh, i mean just again like fundamentals like layups i'm like okay gather them around okay so who knows who knows what you know who knows what a layup is all right get that answer okay who knows how to do a layup you know what do you know about doing layups you know because i'm not going to demonstrate it because i know i mean i i can do it but you know it's not i I don't want to demonstrate poor form for them so um so anyway so it's just like that kind of thing like okay we're going to work on the play felicia now who can explain that again and what's going to happen exactly you know which it was it was fun it was fine but um also also I am um, uh, kind of impressed with the um, the form formality of your team that, that they call you Coach Davis. They don't really call me anything, oh. but um, but that that girl does. They don't really know what to call me. They don't know to call me Amelia's mom. They don't know to call me. Uh, Why don't they call they, you? Dimity? They don't call me Dimity. Um, but Why I mean, they? they call me Coach sometimes or Coach Davis. Yeah, I guess or Miss Davis. Yeah. Wow, I mean, that's because I mean, kids. At, well, so our basketball teams are not affiliated with the schools. They well, yeah, that's I think. That, that's I mean, why. they have the, they have the name of the school. I mean, and so if you're in, you know, go to like these three schools. You know, you go on the Laurelhurst team. These three schools, you go to Irvington, whatever. But um, but no, we call the coaches by their. I mean, they're just parents. They're not just parents. They are parents, and they, <laughs> they're just parents. <laughs> they, so you know, it's it's Coach Michael and you know Coach Jeff and whatever. Yeah. Yeah, that's what we do with uh, the rec teams. But this is, you know, it's a school environment. So, yeah, mm-hmm. so they call, they don't call, you know, because the, the the coach is the athletic director and a math teacher. They're not going to call mm-hmm. her, you know. Oh, coach right. Okay. All right. Oh, that's good to know. Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. yeah so. It's interesting that um, as a side note to that, uh, so Phoebe goes to the Arts Focus Middle School and they still call, you know, they call the teachers, you know, 
Miss Taylor or whatever, but they call their dance teachers by their first names. And I'm like, hey, wait a minute, why don't you call Claire by her last name instead of Claire or Where's Sarah? The respect for the dancers, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah. So, That's uh, fun. yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness. So, good. well, that right. was that so was very I, entertaining we've just to hear. Gone through like basically a final four length intro. Are we are we ready? <laughs> yes, we are. Yes. Um, We are going to be joined again today by Christine Hinton, who has been on our podcast several times. She is the genius running coach behind all the training plans in Train Like a Mother and the plans that we use in our challenges. And she is an ultra marathoner. She's the mom of two in Maryland. She, as I said, is a running coach. Her website is therunningcoach.com. And Christine is going to, we're going to talk about how to break 30 minutes in a 5K race and an hour in 10k so let's bring on christine thank you for having me good good so so a sub 30 minute 5k and a sub 60 minute 10k they seem like very popular time goals for women to have so do you find that among the women you coach i do um there's something enticing about those round numbers (laughs) (laughs) and 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 luckily they're pretty doable um you know uh, holding you know roughly a little bit under a 10 minute mile pace for both those distances assuming you've done the training are both uh, achievable um, goals that are worth worth uh, uh, trying for most people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nice. So what are some benchmarks that women can identify to know if they're ready to approach um, one or both of the time goals? I mean, if you want to break it down first to the 5K and then talk about the 10K. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, as far as the 5K, um, you know, a lot of times people are coming in um, without a whole lot of running experience. So if this is going to be your first 5K and you're really aiming for a sub 30 minute, um, you might want to make sure that that's doable. And, and one way to do that is to do like a mile test and kind of the cutoff is being able to run a mile somewhere in the neighborhood of like a 338 to 340, 342. If you're able to, to wait, push wait, it. Wait, no, 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 not run a mile in that. That'd be Yes, my... if, if you can run what, like a one mile race. Not in three in, minutes. In a 348? I'm sorry, eight. <laughs> I was like, wow. Jeez, okay. I don't know. This is not, you know, this is not run a sub 15 minute 5K. Man, I did not even hear myself say that. Okay. We just lost a whole lot of listeners right there. They're like, forget it. I can never do that. All right. Let me rewind that. Yeah. If you can run a mile in 838 oh, uh-huh. to about an 840, let's say if you joined, you know, there, or if you found a track and just were able to warm up and try to push yourself through a mile um, as hard as you can. If you can hit about that that time, then you know that with proper training, you're you're in good shape to do a sub 30. And there's also, um, uh, you know, if you have access to like a two mile race, um, being able to do it in about 1820 to 1825 mm-hmm. um, tells you that you're going to be able to run a sub 30. So there's wait, stop for one second. That's really am- ambitious to me. I mean, is that is that I mean, I know you're a coach and I'm not the coach, but I mean, a part of me feels like nine is because, is it because that, because of the time you add up mile after mile and that point yes. one always gets you? Yes. Yes. I mean, there's, there's calculators that various, you know, uh, exercise physiologists have 
calculated and what they do is they take a time at a shorter distance and then they kind of map it out along you know everything from the mile on up to a marathon so if you can do a mile in such and such a time then you'll be able to do a 5k or 10k in in that would be like the equivalent assuming that the training is right now that doesn't mean that you need to hold that 840 pace for three miles because mm -hmm. Uh, a, a 10K, I mean, a 5K in 30 minutes is going to be about a 9.39 pace. Mm -hmm. So assuming that you can hold that for three miles, people might be more surprised that they are able to pull off an 8.40 when there's only one mile to run. Mm -hmm. um, so my, you know, my suggestion would be, you know, if that freaks you out and you don't feel like you have the the ability to try to run a mile that fast, then you know, push it to the side maybe, but if you're looking for an indicator that maybe you're capable of doing it, um, that is probably one of the best ways to determine. If you're able to run a shorter distance at a little bit of a faster pace, you're more okay. likely to be able to pull off a little bit slower pace over a longer distance. And that, and that, and that <laughs> I same. That doesn't scare anybody. Yeah, no, 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 no. no but that, but that scary. same. It's not scary. I just think I, I think probably what um, a lot of listeners would do, do what I would do, which was I'm like, okay, eight forty times three, that's twenty four minutes, and then you add up, you know, plus another hundred twenty seconds, so that's twenty six minutes plus a point one. That's that's like well under a five k. But yes. yes, I realize well that that's 30, not yeah. you're not right. running so, all but I'm miles. Only, yes, but yeah. I'm only yeah. Well, I'm only asking you to do one mile. Like if you can just yeah. Yeah, flat out what like the mag, like the magic mile that we discussed in your book mm -hmm. um you know that that if, it, you know since 2011 barkbox has been committed to making dogs happy for humans barkbox is a delivery of 4 to 6 natural treats and super fun toys curated around a surprise theme each month for dogs barkbox is like the joy of a million belly scratches Bark boxes include all-natural treats and innovative toys to match a dog's unique needs, including allergies and heavy chewer preferences. Not a phrase I say every day. Dimity's dog Mason, an energetic Weimaraner, is eagerly awaiting his first bark box. Dimity let Barkbox know the breed, size, and even name of her dog, as well as the all-important chewing preferences. And now, on the 15th of each month, a new box will get shipped to Mason. Each monthly box is themed, like Country Fair or Brooklyn Hipster, with new and unique toys to keep dogs engaged, interested, and happy. If your pooch doesn't like something in the box, BarkBox promises to send something they'll love, for free, because BarkBox is all about dog happiness. Choose a plan. One, six, or 12-month plans are available. Cancel any time. Free shipping in the continental U.S. For a free extra month when you subscribe to a six- or 12-month plan of BarkBox, visit BarkBox.com dot com slash amr that's barkbox.com slash amr woof thanks to storyworth for supporting our podcast storyworth is a subscription service started by a fellow who wanted families to be able to share their memories and anecdotes with each other here's how it works purchase a storyworth subscription for someone you love and each week storyworth sends that loved one an email with a question about his or her life the person either replies with his or her story via email or records it by phone by calling a storyworth number after a year, the stories are bound in a lovely hardcover keepsake book. My husband Jack and I gifted Storyworth to his dad, and we're especially looking forward to hearing his tales about going to medical school in Dublin, Ireland, which is where Jack was born and spent the first four years of his life. Then we'll share the book with Jack's siblings. For $20 off, visit storyworth.com AMR when you subscribe. That's storyworth.com AMR. 
know, kind of it's very telling. If you can bust out a mile and we get that time, we're able to determine a lot about what you're going to be able to run, again, with the proper training. Right, right. Um, yeah, and I got to say that when I was trying to break four hours um, uh, with a coach, she had me run a timed mile. And, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah so. yeah, so time miles have a lot of value, and again, I know it's kind of scary because if someone's looking, especially in a, a newer runner looking to run a sub-35K, that 939 pace may already be kind of, you know, <laughs> freaking right. them out a little bit. So yeah. hearing an 840 may be like, woo, but, I, but I, I'm telling you that a lot of people um, are probably capable of it if they just properly train and um, – you know, and kind of believe in yourself a little bit. I, I find with my runners, especially newer ones, they get a little nervous with the speed stuff. But then once they start doing it, they're like, man, this is kind of fun. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden they're like, gosh, I ran a, you know, eight-minute mile pace for half a mile. And they're very excited. So don't don't poo-poo it until you get out on the track and see what you can do. <laughs> yeah, and, and also I sometimes think maybe even if a track, the idea of going to a track might be a little intimidating. They could also yeah. um, have, have a measured mile you know, that they know from doing their, their run. And, and so they should sure. choose a, fl- a flat. Um, sure. Absolutely. Yeah, Any say, of that's make fine. sure it doesn't have, you know, a yeah. crazy hill right in the middle of it. Yeah. Or yeah. down or downhill. That's, that'd be cheating. So yeah. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I mean, a flat, a nice flat, relatively flat area uh-huh. is perfect. And, yeah. and if they try it on a treadmill, then uh, put a 1% grade on the treadmill or no? Uh, I don't think it's going to make that much of a difference mm-hmm. on the treadmill. They could leave it on zero, mm-hmm. I think, for, for for the mile on the treadmill. Mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't know that putting it on half or one percent is going to make that big of a difference. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so, but does the treadmill give it an accurate one mile uh, effort? Do you think? <clears throat> um, it's not as good as being outside. Uh, or or moving on a surface that's not moving underneath you. (laughs) You know, the the treadmill is, you know, I mean, everybody knows the treadmill is a little bit easier. You've got movement underneath you that's kind of helping you push along. You're Mm -hmm. in in an environment that's a lot cozier than what you'd experience outside. A lot of um, extraneous variables are removed. So, you know, you might end up running a little bit faster inside, and you just have to take that into account. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's not going to be like, you know, if you're capable of an 840 outside, you're not going to be pumping out a, you know, eight on the, on the treadmill. You're not going to be pumping you know, out a 335. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So what about the, the 10K? Is that, is that 840 also for a 10K or does that change because the distance goes longer? It does change because we're talking about, you know, pretty much just you're maintaining now the same pace but over double the distance. Mm-hmm. So it would go then, it would reason then that your fitness is probably, and your speed is going to have to be a little bit higher. So for someone aiming for a, six, a sub 60 minute 10K, you want to be able to do that magic mile or that mile um, test run in about an 819, oh. 820, something around that range. Mm-hmm. Um, but for them, you know, I'm assuming usually that people that are hitting, going for a 10K, they've already done a 5K. So they can actually use that race as an indicator of whether or not a sub um, hour is doable. Mm-hmm. So for 5Kers that have run roughly 
a sub 29, maybe like a 2850, 2855, um, you're looking at a pretty good chance, assuming again the training's in place, that you could break an hour in right. the 10K. Because even though 5K plus 5K equals 10K, it's yeah. it's it's not simple math. That um, you know, it's the same way that a marathon is is quite different than uh, two times a half marathon. Would you say the right. same holds true holds true for 10K? Correct. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to, uh, you know, if, unless, you know, you've got some super duper fitness and you're able to just, you know, plow through, most people find that they slow <laughs> the longer the race is um, as far as their overall average pace. Um, and that's normal. I mean, that's completely normal. That's to be expected. Um, you're going to run a whole lot harder or your body is capable of running faster for a shorter period of time, like the 5K, which you're going to run at a harder effort than the 10K, which you can kind to ease up on your effort a little bit, but you're going to stretch it out for a longer period of time. So you got to slow the pace down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and and in in all your experience and you know personal and with the people that you coach, do you feel there's one magic ingredient that can help a person reach a sub thirty five k or a sub sixty ten k? Hmm. You know, thinking about that, I um, in my in my former running days when I used to run five k's, um, uh, like they, I just I loved five k's. I love the five k distance, still do, but that my speed is waning as I'm getting older. And I was thinking about what were what were kind of my bread and butter workouts, and probably my my most favorite thing that I think really helped me build my confidence as well as the the proper fitness that I needed was probably a thousand meter to one mile repeats Mm. um, at, at goal pace. Mm. Um, It's a tough, tough workout. Um, New, newer beginner people, I would suggest doing about a thousand meters. So it's a little bit over half a mile at your goal pace of 939 um, within, you know, a few minutes of recovery in between. You want to work up to covering the 5K distance mm-hmm. um, with that. So if you're, if you're more advanced and you're doing the mile repeats, you want to eventually be, work up to being able to do three by one miles mm-hmm. at a 939 pace with about, you know, a quarter recovery or so in between. A quarter and, mile recovery? Yes. Okay. About a quarter so, mile, about... So- oh. Hold on for one second, Christine. So let's talk sure. about a thousand. A thousand meters is two and a half times around a, a standard track, right? Correct. Mm-hmm. And how many would that person do? Um, again, going if you're just coming out and wanting to try this at a nine thirty nine pace, right? Um, how many? And and really, like not just a good recovery, but is that two minutes? Is that walking one lap? What is that? Right. Okay, so what I would suggest, again, it's going to vary a little bit for the beginners, and let's say we're talking to a beginner that's going to go out and do 1,000 meters. So, again, it's a little bit over half a mile. And it doesn't have to be exact. Again, you know, it doesn't have to be exactly 1,000 meters if you know that it's about, you know, half a mile from the end of your street to whatever, whoever's mailbox. Just run a little bit beyond that just to get a general um, general distance, so you don't have to be really picky about the exact distance. But anyway, so you want to start, you know, even with just two. Start with two 1,000-meter mm-hmm. repeats. You can do the quarter mile in between. Um, I tend to have my newer runners recover pretty well in between. Um, so you want to feel like during that quarter mile, you can walk for a minute, jog for a minute, walk for a minute, and then get going again. Um, don't milk it so that you're completely, you know, completely rested, but you don't want to, um, you know, you don't, uh, 
you don't need to be completely recovered, but you do want to give yourself enough time so that you have a full um, amount of energy to give to the next interval. So start with like two, and then a couple weeks later, do three, and a couple weeks later, you do four, and then, you know, about two or three weeks before the race, you do your, your, your peak one, which would be five. Mm. Five um, 1,000 meters, and that would be a 5K. And that would be your 5K. Mm-hmm. Look at how that works. That's nifty, huh? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then, you know, and then the same will hold true with the mile repeats. You know, you might want to go out on your first day and do just one mile at planned pace. And then, you know, a couple weeks later, you do the two. And if you're building that way, it, it, you know, you might want to do two by one miles a couple of times and then build to the three and do that a couple of times, depending on how many weeks you have mm-hmm. to train. Mm-hmm. Sure. And and as you um, pointed out, but not um, you've alluded to, you don't, you don't want to be doing this speed work, you know, every other day. Correct. Yes. No. You definitely want. I mean, not the the. The general rule of hard, easy, hard, easy still applies here. Um, speed work is absolutely crucial to the 5K. <clears throat> I know that, you know, anytime anybody's doing, uh, gunning for a, a particular goal time, you've got to include some speed work. Um, so the 1,000-meter the repeats, the one-mile repeats are going to be good, but you've also just got to do some basic speed type stuff. And all of that needs to be divided between days sandwiched between easy days or cross-training days or rest days. Um, So, yeah, you don't want to do back-to-back harder days because then you're just tearing your muscles down and you're not giving them a chance to recover and rebuild, which is where the strength is really happening. That's that's where you're building, um, you know, that's where the training effect takes place is on your recovery days. Definitely. And sleeping too, right? There's, and there's a lot of recovery done during <laughs> and sleeping. Eating. Yeah. And eating. That's what I tell myself. Um, well, so what about if someone's been trying to break 30 minutes, say for the 5K, but, you know, mm-hmm. comes in at 30-30 or 30-15 or whatever, mm-hmm. and, you know, a couple times just keeps narrowly missing it. And and same for the, the a 10K, you know, uh, in an hour. What what mm-hmm. are some things that they could, what, what, what are some things that they could do that you would suggest would be helpful to them to kind of just kind of clip off those couple seconds. Right. That's so frustrating when you train and train and then you watch that clock (laughs) as you're running in and you're just missing it. Um, Well, a lot of time, you know, one of the first things, and it it depends on how much you're missing it by, but first review the race. See if you made some mistakes anywhere in the race that cost you time, whether it was, you know, maybe stopping for water when you really didn't need to, um, you know, because 5Ks and 10Ks, you don't really need to unless it's like boiling hot out. Um, or maybe you didn't line yourself up correctly in the beginning, or maybe, you know, who knows? There, there could be some issues like that. Um, but then, you know, if, if, you, if you look at all that and that seems okay, then you got to start looking at your training. What have I done in my training that might need to be switched up a little bit. Um, maybe you've tried the past two or three times and you keep using the same training plan. Well, you might want to start switching it up because the body likes to be surprised and shocked, and that's what makes it gain more fitness um, and get better and faster because it's got to adapt to the changes. So if you have been focusing more on distance, maybe throw in some more shorter speed stuff. Um, If you've been focusing more on tempo runs, maybe add some more hills in instead. Try to look at what you've neglected in the Mm -hmm. training and try to incorporate those things in. And a lot of times it's the things you hate doing. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> exactly it. 
So think about the things that you really don't enjoy and try to do those, <laughs> and, and <laughs> which so... I know stinks, but, you know, like for me, I, you know, hill repeats are not my most favorite thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of have to really force myself to do those. Um, so that, you know, and I'm assuming probably hills are probably something that a lot of us, you know, are our favorite thing. Um, but, yeah, so, you know, look at your plan, see what's not in there, and then try to kind of mix things up again. Because sometimes even just switching up and having your body readapt to a new kind of training regime brings your fitness level up just that little bit that will get you um, those few seconds back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then, then let's talk race selection because I'm always amazed and, and almost stunned when someone tells me that they're intending to PR and then they'll tell me about, you know, this race that I know has, you know, a two-mile hill in it or just yeah. relentless, you know, hill after hill after hill. And so, you know, I think if you're – if you really have a, uh, an intentional time goal, you know, race selection can really be key. Absolutely. Um, you know, and, and when I have clients – because there, there is a draw to those more challenging races, but – what I'll tell my clients when they want to pick challenging ones, but they also want to have that time goal, is I say, you know what, let's have two different types of challenges. Let's pick a race where strictly it's all about how difficult it is. <laughs> and that would be, you know, and that would be the race with the two-mile uphill or, mm-hmm. you know, something else that's crazy about it. And that's fine. Um, but then let's pick one that is going to be super suitable and perfect hopefully for the PR. Now that means you want it to be fairly flat or maybe even a downgrade, especially for a five or 10 K that's, mm-hmm. it's not going to be, you're not, your legs aren't going to get beat up with, with a nice little downgrade. So that's a big plus if you can find something like that. Um, time of year, the type of weather mm-hmm. that you're most likely to get. Um, you want to make sure, you know, you don't, you're not running in August in Florida or, <laughs> you know, January in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. I mean, you want to pick, pick a situation where you're most likely to have the ideal conditions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. And, uh, yeah, and I mean, I think talking <laughs> to people, you know, to getting feedback, because I think also then you're like, oh, well, that course looks perfect. And then what you're forgetting is, is it runs right along the ocean. So there's always a stiff headwind for the first half of the race or something like that. Yeah, good point. Good point. And it does make sense to talk to other people. And if you've got a group, especially like us with the, with the Strava, I mean, just putting the word out there saying, hey, you know, who, who has a fast 5K course or Googling um, fast 5K courses and seeing what's closest to your area mm-hmm. um, is going to make well, the especially, most sense. Especially... Um courses too with the 5k i mean you know you it's nice to have people around you to help with momentum but it's such a Mm. short period of time that you don't want it to be too crowded you know because then you're like kind of high stepping it the whole way you know and kind of bobbing and weaving so i mean sometimes maybe like your elementary 5k you know fundraiser might be a good choice and you can just time yourself you know yeah and that's i recommend that a lot as well and you know and this is true for any distance is that if you want to run a pr pick a small race. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, you don't, any, anytime you're in those huge crowds, again, it's very exciting. It's, you know, we have a huge 5k here that draws like 5,000 people, but unless you're the first 10 people in line there, you're not running a fast 5k. <laughs> <laughs> you know, people you're are running a, crowd, you're running a, a populated 5k. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. And it's, and it's a lot of fun, but again, that's not going to be you know, the ideal situation for you to run a PR. And there are so many, especially with 5Ks and 10Ks, there's so many options of smaller 
venues that you know you'll be able to run without getting run over mm-hmm. or running over anybody else. Right, right. Sure. And and then what advice do you give women on race day when it comes time to put the pedal to the metal? Wow. I always tell my clients to break up the race into thirds. Um, you know, both of these races are a little deceptive because, and, and any any runner that's that's run these hard knows, uh, you know, when you tell somebody, yeah, I ran a 5K, they're like, oh, good for you, you know, yeah. three miles, whippee, big deal. Yeah, they have this image of you, like, <laughs> w- pushing, walking along, it's like a breast cancer walk or something. Yeah, like, yes. no, it's actually really freaking hard to run yeah. a 5K hard. Yes, it is one of, I think, one of the most difficult things is to really put yourself out there. So you have to be very mentally prepared, I think, to um, to go into these races where you're pushing your body to a really, really high level of intensity, and then you're asking it to hang on for 30 minutes or <laughs> hang on for an hour and, and to hold it. So... I think it's very important in those situations that you kind of break the race down so that you can mentally grasp a smaller portion of it and then have a goal for each portion of it. Um, so in the 5K, we'd obviously divide it into the to mile portions in the 10K and two-mile sections. Um, and, you know, in the first first section, typically, is actually holding yourself back. Um, very, very common in these high-intensity, fast races that you go out like a blazing bullet <laughs> and you fade. Um, pop, you know, it's, it happens in all race distances, but 5Ks, you know, that those most major mistakes are made in the first two or three minutes because um, huh. people just people just blaze off the the line because it is a shorter race and they get so hyped up with the adrenaline and um, go out too fast. So the first section, you want to definitely make sure you're monitoring. Use your watch, your Garmin, or whatever you use for your pacing. Make sure that you're staying right on pace. Um, For both of these races, it's ideal to run even or negative splits. So you're okay to hit uh, your first mile, your first two miles, right around in that 939, 940 pace. You don't want to be a whole lot faster than that. And then the second section is kind of where you start to feel it. Um, and this is going to be important for you to start making sure that you're talking to yourself mentally, that you're maintaining the pace. This is a lot of times where I start to play games with the people around me, reeling people in, looking ahead, um, having some good mantras going through your head because it does start to hurt now. And then in that last section, you know, you kind of reassess and you say, okay, you know, I've got the last third here to go. You make sure you're on. You got your watch set that you're staying on pace, and it really comes from the heart at this point. You know how bad do you want it? Mm-hmm. Um, you've got one mile or two miles left, and you've got to dig deep at this point because it, it is. It does hurt, but it hurts so good. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 when you cross that finish line and it says 29:50 or you know 59:50, the feeling of pride and accomplishment. Um, is is forever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know it's cliche to say that, and it's on T-shirts, <laughs> but it really is. That that pain is temporary, and that pride is forever because you've you've been able to push yourself. You've kind of overcome your the doubts you had in your he- in your head that you mm-hmm. could do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so you got to be prepared for that, though. You got to be prepared for the pain. So that's a huge oh, one. I always yeah, tell runners: really be prepared for the pain. Mm-hmm. Have a plan in place for that. So, Christine, yeah, when you were talking about that the in that final mile or two miles, the, you know, 
that you're feeling that pain and you just remind yourself that you only have a, you know, a shorter distance left to go. And what, what I sometimes also tell myself is that I've done all the hard work up to that point. So mm-hmm. don't throw it away. You know, right. that, that, okay, I've been meeting my goal pace for 4.3 miles. I'm not going to just er- erase that and just completely throw in the towel, like, like kind of honor that early effort and keep building on it. Yeah, that's perfect. I love that. Mm-hmm. Well, and you've also done the training. I mean, you've done all the hard work of the training to get to that point. I mean, if you have been doing those repeats and, you know, the intervals that you were talking about and doing the hills and all that, I mean, that's, you know, I think even like beyond that four miles, it is like, oh my gosh, I have been, had this in my focus for three months or two months or whatever yeah. it is, or maybe longer, like, and I'm going to give it up for the next because it hurts for the next 20 minutes, like screw yeah. that, I'm going, yeah. you know? Yeah, and I think about it that way too. I always think like, okay, I've, got, I've got 10 minutes left. I can do mm-hmm. anything for 10 minutes. You mm-hmm. can endure anything for 10 minutes. You can endure anything for 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and I also think of the minute I cross that finish line, if I know I dodged at the last mile, I'm going to be upset with myself. Mm-hmm. So, you know, knowing that afterwards, I'm going to feel a lot better about being strong during that last third of the race um, uh, is going to make the finish all that much sweeter. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No limits, baby. No limits. That's right. (laughs) 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 Well, once again, you have imparted such wisdom, Christine. So thank you and and inspiration. And and, uh, even though I ran nine miles this morning, I think now I need to put back on my shoes and get out there again. (laughs) (laughs) Go for it. Go for it. Mile repeats. (laughs) Yeah, right. Uh, Yeah, maybe not. (laughs) (laughs) Mile repeats as you dream tonight. (laughs) Right, right, right. Um, Oh, my God. Speaking of that, I dreamt this morning when my alarm went off, I was talking to Kara Goucher. And what were we talking about? Oh, we were chatting about noon. It was like, really? That's... Hey, cool. Wow. wow what a... <laughs> and this is not a paid advertisement. That's I know. So I, so I tweeted, uh, you know, your mother runner when, when you, <laughs> your alarm pulls you out of a dream with Kara Goucher in which you're discussion, discussing noon hydration. <laughs> that is so funny. That's great. Uh... Oh, goodness. Well, thank you so much, Christine. And, and we'll see you on Strava in our No Limits uh, groups. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, yeah. Looking forward to it. Okay, thanks a ton. Great, thank you. I got to say that if people are with Christine talking about different plans, um, I want to say that um, that. If people are looking for a 10K plan, they'll really push them and and they'll have a lot of this wisdom that Christine shared with us. They can follow the 10K Own It plan. They can get that on Training Peaks and they can find all our plans on Training Peaks at www.trainingpeaks.com slash mother runner. And it's super important to type in that www before the trainingpeaks.com slash mother runner. And that's where you'll find all of them and the 10K Own It plan. I mean, we hear from people so often how much success they have with that plan. And now it's on Training Peaks, so it can come to your I phone. Know. Yeah, I know. I'm getting all fired up, and I'm like, oh, wow, maybe I should go see how fast I should run a mile. And I'm like, mm, maybe not. Maybe. I have to say, though, Sarah, we, so, yeah, basketball dominated the start. But I am proud to say I've run two days of a little over two miles each time, which, nice. you know, sounds like nothing to Miss Nine Miler on a Wednesday morning. But <laughs> for me, like, I... 
you know, it's, it's uh, feels that's big. Awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I'm very glad to hear that. I'm very glad. Yeah. I don't, I don't ask you too much about your running. So thank you for offering that up. Yes. So, yes. Well, now you can, I've opened the door. I am on the 10 K no limits challenge. I'm going to play along with everybody else and come back hopefully slowly and intelligently from, um, this foot situation. So yes. we'll see. Yes. Yes. Well, good. Well, we'll be cheering you on, on, on Strava and, and on future podcasts. So, and on our Facebook page. Uh, so we hope you'll like our Facebook page. It is run like a mother, the book. Our websites are anothermotherrunner.com and motherrunnerstore.com. On Twitter and Instagram, we're at The Mother Runner. Our books, Run Like a Mother, Train Like a Mother, and Tales from Another Mother Runner are available on Amazon and at your local bookstores. And whether you're training for 5K, 10K, or whatever race it is, many happy miles to you. you.